Yes, we know we have a housing shortage here in Australia, but it's about to get worse because the government comes up with plans of what they think they should do, and then they fail at execution. I feel like more people talk about things, but less actually do it. So in this video, I wanna cover off exactly how the government is failing when it comes to the housing shortage, why we're in this mess, and how this could actually cascade into a bigger problem if it's not taken care of like immediately. So if you're interested in what my thoughts are, then definitely keep watching. Hey guys, my name is Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now, a couple of months ago, the Australian government came out and said, hey, look, we have a housing problem. So what we're going to do is we're going to commit to making a bunch of houses over the next couple of years. And the problem is when they made that claim, I remember coming out on this channel and making a video saying, I don't think you're going to hit it because nothing tells me that you can come up with a plan when it comes to housing and actually follow through with it when it comes to constructing new homes. Now, in normal circumstances, where we hadn't seen you know, interest rates go up by 400 basis points over the short period of time, you might've gone, yeah, maybe this could work. But over the last six months, you may have noticed a lot of building companies are actually struggling and a lot of them have gone out of business. Some homes are left halfway through their build. So those are houses that aren't being completed. Not only do you have that problem, but when you have interest rates moving up so quickly, people's circumstances change very quickly. So if you're talking about interest rates going up over a period of three years, well, chances are when you enter your contract, if it's gone up by 100 basis points, you're probably still able to borrow. But when you go in the space of like 12 months, go up by 250 basis points and you're in a contract, you're like, I actually can't borrow now. And it's not even a matter of if I go and get another job and increase my wage by $10,000 or 20,000 or I get a promotion at work. It's like, I have to significantly increase my income to even be able to go ahead and complete this bill. So therefore we have less homes on the market. Now it's not so much the problem with those people not being able to follow through and complete their home. It's that if they can't complete their home and move into that house, well, guess what? They have to rent a property and that just further cascades the rental issue. So let's jump into some numbers and exactly what the industry experts are saying just around this topic. Housing starts to fall 155,000 short of government's 1.2 million target by 2028. We're already falling behind. Master Builders Australia has forecasted that the construction industry will fall well short of federal government's revised target of 1.2 million homes over the next five years amid concerns that industrial relations policies will be a major drag on output. In an updated forecast of the industry to financial year 28 issued by Master Builders today, the industry suffered a massive 16.5% slump in home building activity in FY23 with work estimated to have begun on 173,755 new homes during that year. Another 2.1% fall to around 170,100 home starts is expected in the current financial year, which Master Builders says is well below the 200,000 homes a year needed to meet the current population growth. Construction starts of more than 200,000 won't start feeding into the market until financial year 26. So let's just take that in for a second. We're already falling behind in year one of a five-year plan to construct all these new homes. Now, yes, largely interest rates are absolutely smashing the industry. And not only that, but you have productivity falling as well. And why this number gets even worse than it was a couple of months ago. And if we hadn't hit targets back then, you're like, okay, we didn't hit them, but it should be okay. Now think about the government seeing a problem and they go, okay, there's, there's a problem there. Um, there's still a problem there and the problem's getting bigger. You know what? Let's just add gasoline to the whole problem and create a massive explosion of absolute 
problems. There's no other way I can put this. And what I'm addressing here is the elephant in the room, which is population growth driven by immigration. We forecast new home starts will peak to just over 241,000 in 26, 27, one says. In good news, the projected volume of new starts over the five year period up to 27, 28 exceeds the 1 million target under the housing accord, but only just. Chances of that happening, I'm gonna say zilch. There is still a lot of work that needs to be done to achieve the revised target of 1.2 million homes as announced by the National Cabinet last month. Master Builders estimates that FY28 target will fall short by about 155,000 homes. However, it is not all doom and gloom. There are good reasons for believing we are overcoming the worst of the challenges as long as the government policies do not hamstring these efforts, one says. The government hamstringing these efforts. Yeah, I think they're gonna do that. And this graph right here is the policy that they're talking about. Australian net immigration on the rise again. And what we can see is in the red is monthly net permanent and long-term arrivals, annualized three-month sum. And in the blue, we have net overseas migration, four-quarter sum. And what you can see is that we had been traveling sort of an average around sort of that 150, 250,000 people or immigrants that are coming in. And of course, we see the drop-off during the pandemic. But what we've seen is straight up, right? And not just by a little bit. We are eclipsing everything else when it comes to everything we've seen previously. And that number is actually not slowing down. So if we had seen, you know, so 450, 500,000, we're like, oh, okay, yes, we can sort of calm down from here and it's trending down. It's like, it is straight up. You can see it on the graph. And this is a big problem because if you have all of these immigrants coming into the country, you come in and you say, okay, well, they're able to help in sort of constructing of new homes. So there's more people to work. That's a good thing, right? Well, not really because those people need to live somewhere too. So they may go out there and say, okay, well, I need to rent or I need to buy. Either way, it affects people that are locally based here. And they're gonna have prices go up for houses because there's more demand coming in. You then have rents going up, irrespective of what interest rates are doing. Why are housing prices going up? And people will tell you well it's a lack of supply there's no listings yes that's correct but you also still need demand for the lack of listings and although increase in listings have started to occur we still haven't seen this 30 percent drop in prices and that's largely driven by this immigration policy so with all these people coming into the country people that want to buy their homes getting further and further away from actually being able to achieve it because think about it if you're saving right now and you're renting because you're like okay i want to go buy my own home i just need to continue saving and then all you see is you look up and you're like prices are going up interest rates are going up so not only was I told prices will come down, but now with everything else costing more, I'm saving a lot less. And then my rents are going up, so I'm saving even less than that. So all of these factors are playing a big part in how we're able to actually get to this end number. Because yes, you can have developers go, yes, we're gonna build all these things, but is there demand to actually buy it? Because now they're not buying at the established price of homes, they're buying at a significantly higher rate because of course it takes a lot longer to build and supply is a lot more expensive than it was 10 years ago. A dysfunctional planning system and a huge labor shortage will cripple the Albanese government target of 1.2 million homes in the next five years, despite billions of dollars of public funding pouring into the sector, warns senior property industry figures. Nigel Sadley, the prominent West Australian developer, said only half of those homes would be finished, between 600,000 and 650,000, if we're lucky, because of a lack of workers to build them. So that's why all the immigrants are coming in. Let's go build some property. For the last eight years, we've been finishing 13,000 homes in Perth. The demand is 18,000 to 20,000, Mr. Sadley said. Now, this is a big thing, right? is I've mentioned this before. When you look at numbers and you go, oh, well, I can go and buy somewhere, but then there's all this land that people can develop on. So you go and ask, okay, like what are the approvals? What's happening here? Who's bought it? And the information there is, well, it's there. Someone's bought it. There's no plans. There's no approvals. And even if they got approved, it would still take like an 18 to 24 month lag before anyone can build there. And what we're seeing is clear that whatever they're building is not enough. Think about it like this. You're on a boat and you know there's holes in the boat and now there's water seeping through. And you're like, okay, I've got two options. 
options. One, I get off the boat, swim or learn how to swim, get to the next boat or next port and get out of this situation. Or you sit in the boat and you go, okay, cool, I've got a cup, I'm gonna use the cup and take out water. But the rate at which you're taking out water is far slower than the water coming in to the actual boat. And in this case, what I'm saying is the cup is supply. So yes, okay, I'm getting rid of the supply or you know, increasing the supply. But the reality is there's so much demand that's coming in into that area, it doesn't make a difference. You look around Australia, most probably the underlying demand of housing is about 140,000 dwellings. We can't build 140,000 or complete 140,000 dwellings. And guess what? By the time they complete the 140, they'll probably need more by then. Tim Gurner, the billionaire Melbourne developer, said the problem was not just a labor shortage, but a combination of poor planning laws and a high cost. And that 14 of his 30 development sites were on hold as a result. Mr. Gurner said the government's target of building 1.2 million homes over the next five years would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, unless fundamental changes took place. In August, the federal and state governments agreed to a target of 1.2 million new homes by 2029. The Commonwealth incentivized the construction of new homes by paying $15,000 to states for every home above the old target, which was 1 million homes from July 24, which again, I don't think anyone's gonna get. It doesn't matter what numbers they make it, whether it's 1.2 million or 5 million, it's all the same. We won't be getting there, said Robert Lynch, chairman of residential building Tamilwood. But planning problems such as delays over rezoning in New South Wales remain the biggest obstacle, he said. So what we're realizing is from the industry professionals, it's a shortage of labor, it's the cost of building, it's the cost of supplies, it's interest rates, it's now planning and rezoning. It's a host of all these factors that are contributing towards this problem. Now, are we going to get out of this problem anytime soon? Personally, I don't think so. And that's why I think that if you're in the camp of saying, well, I'm actually interested in building my wealth and you're going to do it through real estate, then okay, great. Because what we're seeing is actually the amount of investors are dropping and they're dropping because it's so much harder to hold cash flow negative properties. And it's harder now, especially if you bought in the last couple of years thinking that, oh, well, this is free money. Let me continue doing it. We clearly have a problem right now, but the problem is getting worse. And unless things start changing, we're not going to see that improve. So without sounding so negative about the situation, here are some practical things that you really need to think about as you move forward. Having a strategy. And I'm not just saying, oh, I'm going to buy a home in like five years. No, no. Define what that looks like. What is the home? How much is it going to be worth? What is the location? Then work backwards and say, well, when I have the home, how much of my weekly income is going towards holding that home? Is it too much? Is it not enough? Okay. What am I doing with the savings? And what am I doing with my job over the next five years? You can see that you can layer, layer, layer on top that actual strategy. And then that strategy is pointless unless you're going to execute. So if you've got people around you that sort of hold you back or you're sort of going, yeah, I don't know if I can do it. You need to get in the right circles. If you're interested in more content like this, definitely go follow me on Instagram. I talk about a lot of crap, a lot of memes, but boy, do I provide you some value. So go and follow me. It's personal finance with Ravi with a blue tick. I will never DM you. They're all scammers. So please just be smart about this and not get carried away. If you have enjoyed this video, subscribe if you haven't already and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.